0: Welcome to The Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, October 28, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today I am joined by two dear friends, Uh, One friend who I've known for many, many years, uh, Mr. Craig Slay, and Craig is an attorney in Brandon, Mississippi, and Craig is actually the attorney that helped Lifeline first seek our licensure in Mississippi uh, almost 15 years ago, and it was during that process that I was able to visit with Craig and meet with his Sunday school class, and as you'll hear in just a minute, a family came forward who uh, had not been able to have any children and wanted to adopt. And you're going to hear the dramatic way that the Lord answered their prayer, but also funded their pursuit uh, of a child in the country of Ukraine. Craig is a graduate of Mississippi State, as well as a graduate of the law school at the University of Alabama. He well has a wife, <laughs> wife, Anita, as well as uh, two daughters, Caroline and Anna Beth. And we're also joined by Josh Caldwell. Who we affectionately around here call Big Daddy, and he is uh, Lifeline's Vice President of International Ministries. Uh, he serves with great uh, distinction our ministry of both international adoption as well as our orphan care ministry. Unadopted. Josh and Stacy, his wife, have adopted two boys Moses, whom they adopted when he was three years old in 2011 from Uganda, and then Spicy Little Richardson, who they adopted in 2016 from Haiti when he was three years old. Before we hear a little bit more about this story and about how you can help others fund their adoption or how you can fund your adoption, I wanna remind you that just around the corner is Orphan Sunday. And the global observance of Orphan Sunday is November the 8th. And we at Lifeline wanna walk alongside of you and your church as you seek to care for orphans in your community, your state, your nation, and to the ends of the earth. So Lifeline has free resources, including graphic slides for presentations at your church, small group lessons, bulletin inserts, and we have a list of guest speakers who are ordained and ready to speak on your Sunday observance for Orphan Sunday. You can visit lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Space Sunday. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Space Sunday. So as we come uh, to this time, Josh, I want to start with you you know, a lot, you've been helping a lot of families for many years who are seeking to adopt. And we know that when families are looking to adopt, there's typically two things that are giving them heartburn or that, that really actually even cause them from going forward. Can you tell us about those two things?
1: Yeah. Thanks Herbie. Um, there's definitely over the last, um, seven or eight years of me being at Lifeline and just, uh, Asking lots of questions to adoptive families, we've we've really come to this idea that there are two major hesitancies that families give us about moving forward with adoption. One is um, is is very typical of of all families. Um, they just sometimes they word this question in a different way or this concern in a different way, but it's um, their fear of the unknown, fear of how to work with how to how to adopt a child with a special need, or fear of the process. So it's kind of that I need more information. I need to know how I need to be led. So we know that that is really what Lifeline is, is really uh, well suited for is to walk alongside, hold a family's hand and walk them through the entire process. And um, but we also know, the second thing, the thing that, always comes to the surface is financial. As families just say, another hesitancy for us moving forward is um, just a struggle of how to finance an adoption, how to pay for an adoption, how to fund an adoption. What does that look like and how do we, as our family, move forward with that? And and we know that those are both real challenges and Lifeline is working really hard to try to break down both of those barriers. One, on helping to lead families through the process of adoption so that um, we can do our best to help streamline any fears that they have and help them see some of those realities, but also helping connect um, for funding adoption.
0: And so, Big Daddy, just real quick, tell folks ways that Lifeline is leading families, one, to get their questions answered, but also to... Help them during this process.
1: Yeah, and that first, the first question really. This is um, what I love about our team is that we want to come alongside families. We, we have a an ability. If you're out there and you're interested in adoption, and maybe you're asking this question today, we have uh, a way that you can get on a webinar and get some general information. You can make a phone call. You can get. You can sign up for someone to call you and have an individualized uh, information meeting for your family, or you can join a group. Uh, information meeting and we want to make sure that we're getting as much info as possible. But we also know this is a personalized process. Your family is the age your marriage status, how long you've been married. Um, what you're open to as far as needs and what country you're interested in. Those are all make your process unique as a family. So we want to make sure we're giving you all that information that helps you walk through that. And then throughout the whole process, we want to hold your hand from every single step of the process and even in post-adoption as you come home. And so every step of the way we want to do that. So that's definitely how we are helping to mitigate some of those fears of the uncertainty of the process. And then, The other part, obviously, about the financial um, concerns, one thing we like to do is we like to tell stories of other families and how they have been able to see the Lord lead in that. We want to point to the Lord in all of these things. We know that he provides. We know that he is our provider. Ultimately, he's ultimately in sovereign control of all things. And we don't want families to be fearful of that. We want them to walk in faith um, as the Lord is leading. But we do know that finances is a struggle. So practical steps that we do is that we first partner with financial institutions that help our organizations, ministries that help families. So we've got some really great partners out there like uh, Show Hope, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman's organization, Life Song for Orphans, ABBA Fund. Um, the JSC Foundation, and just some some other great organizations that are out there that are helping fund adoptions. And um, those organizations we're partnering with, we're talking to, we're giving them info, and then they're sharing with us how families can apply for funding and how families can qualify for that funding. Um, We've also taken some additional steps to help make it easier for families. In all those different processes, families have to fill out paperwork in order to apply for that financial funding And for example, with Life Song for Orphans, we now have a one sheet of paper as an addendum to their Lifeline application. So you fill out the Lifeline application and then you can check a box to fill out one additional addendum to apply for life zones funding. So we're trying to streamline some of that funding process because we know that that's a challenge. And then the last thing is just resources. Pointing you to resources on our website, resources that are out there in the world. We have a webinar that we do. We also have an expert on staff um, that can help walk you through what funding is available. And then the last thing is we just produced an ebook. Uh, we call it How to Fund Your Adoption ebook. And it gives you some great tips and steps in moving forward in funding your adoption. So partnerships with organizations, streamlining the process, and then providing resources for families and helping to, helping them to move forward with funding their adoption.
0: I remember, well, actually I've known Craig Slade for almost 29 years uh, when he was in law school at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Okay. And uh, we, uh, we've gone back a long way. And I remember when I first started at Lifeline and he was now living in Jackson, Mississippi, the Lord was really leading us to, to branch out into Jackson, Mississippi. And 16 years ago, uh, almost to the date, uh, my sweet wife Ashley and I ended up to speak in his church, First Baptist Brandon, and uh, more specifically in his small group. And there was a sweet couple who shared their story afterwards of infertility and pursuit of adoption. And we talked a little bit more, and this is a family, if I recall, and Craig, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't believe they'd ever been out of the state of Mississippi. And yet they were sharing with me that they might wanna go to Ukraine. So tell us a little bit more about this sweet family and just this opportunity that you had to help.
2: An incredible couple, uh, very faithful to the church, uh, but quite honestly, Harvey, until you came and spoke to the to the Sunday school class about adoption generally, uh, we were in essence unaware of just how deeply they had been struggling with respect to um, being able to have children. And uh, I, I don't. I think we may have been peripherally aware of that situation but certainly not significantly. And so that was really the introduction for my class to understand the deep desire that they had to have children. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we became aware uh, as it were for the first time that that they were struggling. And so it really opened up an opportunity for the class to begin ministering as best we could. Uh, They were very, very interested in what you had to say. I, I will tell you that, um, uh, my understanding of of their uh, upbringing is that they are from a, a very blue collar type of upbringing. Uh, did not have a lot of opportunities to do much uh, in the way of travel. Uh, I'm I'm confident in telling you that uh, the husband had never been out of the state. Uh, the The wife may have traveled outside of the state, but not outside of the United States. So. Uh, That's one of those situations. There's an old comedian you may be familiar with whose name is Jerry Clower, and he tells a story about uh, the first – he says the first college football game he ever saw, he played in it. Uh, And so we would probably be able to say about uh, this couple that the first time that they went out of the country for any reason, it was to go and to, uh, to finalize a, an international adoption. Uh, talk about uh, unique circumstances, very much so. So when, the, when we found out about this need a, and this desire, uh, it really compelled us as a class first, and then later as a church to try to come alongside and do what we could to see to it uh, that, that we were able to meet this need.
0: Yeah, and I remember at the time, 16 years ago, uh, they were pretty set that they wanted to a little boy from Ukraine, and uh, they were on that process. But as, as we all know, Ukraine and international adoption is an expensive proposition. Yes. So I know even with your church and even with your small group, kind of the thought of adoption was even a little bit foreign amongst the others. But what led you all and as a faith family to come alongside of this sweet family and to aid them financially through this adoption process?
2: Well, Herbie, we were fortunate in that uh, your relationship and my relationship afforded me uh, a little bit more of an inside view to not only the process of adoption, but the actual cost. And so uh, when we began this discussion with this family, specifically about international adoption, specifically about Ukraine, uh, uh, I was immediately triggered In my thought process, wow, this is going to, this could be, this could be a costly proposition here. Uh, Knowing what I know about this sweet family and their situation, I I knew their employment situation. I knew their, their extended family's financial situation to a degree. And I, I observed very quickly if this is going to happen, it is going to be a work of God. Uh, that's how this is going to to ultimately happen. You know, looking back now, I see exactly what the Lord was up to. He, he wanted steps of faith in the process, and he wanted a, a deep level of participation hmm. uh, around this entire process. This was not going to be a solo act. This was not going to be this young family doing it on their own. Hmm. I don't believe that was ever his intention. Uh, I think that's probably one of the reasons why they were with us in our life group. God had put them there uh, and had begun establishing a, a process that would ultimately lead to what we see today, the outcome that we have today, but it was going to require a combined effort, a combined level of resources a, a, a an action of the entire community, the faith community, rallying around these folks. And, you know, it's uh, ultimately it ended up being a demonstration once again of how the Lord uses the body of Christ mm. to uh, effectively get his work done. Mm. Uh, and so we were just get, uh, basically get afforded an opportunity to come alongside and provide the support mm. uh, in every way. Mm-hmm. That, that that engenders what mm-hmm. the, the kind of support I'm talking about is that they needed emotional support.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They needed uh, a feeling or a sense that somebody back home was holding the, the rope. They needed financial support. They needed spiritual support. Uh, and what better place to get that than from within the body of Christ. Right. right? So. Yeah. I see it as uh, as an extension of the body of Christ, the work of the body of Christ, the hands and feet of the Lord, the utilization of resources. All of that came into play throughout this process. But going back to your question, I I saw that number sticking out there, Herbie. We're all human. I, I saw that dollar sign sitting out there. I understood what it was going to mean to try to do an international adoption, and honestly. I had doubts. One of my first thoughts was this is probably going to be too big of an ask for this couple. And they told me, parenthetically, uh, the amount of money that they had available to put towards this cost. And it was all I could do not to just bust out either laughing or crying either one at the ridiculousness of it. It appeared to me initially to be an insurmountable ask to try to get them where they needed to be financially. And I'll be quite honest with you, I was a little bit depressed um, upon hearing that. And my thought and my, my immediate thought was, there's no way this just ain't going to happen. Uh, and then my second thought was, I'm going to have to go and lean on Herbie Newell. Uh, to try to pull out all the stops somewhere else to try to help us get there. Because I I saw this as a multi-year process. If we were going to have to try to figure out a way to get the money that was going to be required. I I say all that to say that that's more indicative of my lack of faith than it is of anything else. The resources were always there, Mm -hmm. but wasn't there. What, What wasn't there initially was what is the methodology to tap the resources And what is the level of faith required to get us there? And that just took a little while for all of us to come to that point where we realized what we were up against and and who could handle that for us. And then we turned it over to the Lord and he established the pathway for.
0: Yeah, And I I even remember you and I talking because, you know, domestic adoption would have been a much less costly method for them. Yes. Uh, but as I recall, they had had actually some failed domestic placements through the state and right. had some PTSD even about domestic. And so part of the reason they were looking international is because it felt to them uh, like uh, a different process and something that was more hopeful. Yeah. But unfortunately, it was a lot more costly. And That's and right. I remember talking a lot through that process to you, because unfortunately for the fundraising, their process started going pretty quickly. Yes. Uh, they were approved pretty quickly. Uh both in the United States as well as in Ukraine. And then the rubber was meeting the road and we were really needing the funds, the last funds, because they were getting ready to travel and they needed tickets. And uh, sure. and you were short, you know, eight or $9,000. And then, so tell us what ended up happening.
2: Yeah, so we, uh, I, I, I was fortunate to be involved with church leadership at the time. And I had some strategic conversations with leaders in our church and, and sort of laid out for them what we were up against. Uh, we, we had uh, just some, we were the beneficiaries of some great timing. Uh, we had a, um, an interla- internationally known artist. Uh, and by the way, he's of Slavic origin. And so that didn't hurt us. Uh, and We were able to utilize uh, that connection, so to speak to that area of the world which just, just so happened to be the same area of the world that we would be sending this couple to. Uh, he, he, Uh, this, uh, this uh, musician uh, scheduled a performance at our church. And so we, I went to church leadership and they were in agreement uh, that we would, uh, that we would utilize that opportunity and those in attendance uh, to be given an opportunity to contribute specifically towards uh, international adoptions generally, and then specifically for this, for this young couple. And, the outpouring of support was incredible. In one night, we raised uh, over $12,000. Um, and uh, at that event, uh, just the outpouring, the Lord, the Spirit just uh, imbued it and uh, blessed it, blessed that time. And uh, as a result of that uh, opportunity and the the uh, faithfulness to give, uh, we were able to get them over the hump and then some, which uh, was just like what the Lord always does, it's it's always going to be when when faith gives birth to obedience. When when that finally happens, and there's that step of obedience that happens, Herbie, you know this. The outpouring is described as an abundance, mm-hmm. so it's it's pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so the Lord just basically said. I'm gonna show you what that looks like, and he did it in a in know a, a real miraculous way for us and uh, the results sort of speak for themselves
0: and I remember I really do remember the elation when you called the next day because and 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 I'm not gonna lie either i mean it it stretched my faith because. I didn't know what was going to happen, and and I we had even talked about. And I don't know if you remember this. We had talked about me trying to go find additional donors that could help us get this family over the hump. And you called and said we raised more. And if for those of you who do not know Craig Slay, he is one of the most integrous, honest men I've ever met in my life. And he calls. He says, "Well, we're going to have to return some of this money because we've got more than we need." And I remember saying, "Craig, we can always do that, but let's let's get them there." And see what happens uh, before before we do that. And, and if I recall, I, I, I want to say we had a little over four thousand, almost five thousand dollars that was left. That's right. And and I'll speed the story up and let you kind of give your side of it. But they get to Ukraine. So again, as you have said, never been out of the country. They get to Ukraine. I, I believe when their flights was late, and so they weren't even there wasn't even anyone there yet to pick them up from the airport. That's right. Uh, They had to wait in the airport, this sweet little family from Brandon, Mississippi. They get there. The very next day, they have their appointment. And like what happens sometimes in Ukraine, because it's a blind referral, and you don't know the child particularly you're going to get, they showed them this little boy that they had been wanting, except he had a brother. And at that point, we learned they needed exactly $5,000 more, which is what was in your escrow account back in Brandon, (laughs) Mississippi.
2: That's right. It was a two for one. Oh gosh, we we sent them over there to come back with a baby, and my word, they come back with two, uh, and uh, it, you know a double blessing. Uh, and so I, I I was just struck by that how the Lord had already planned that ahead of time, and He did it in such a remarkable way. Mm. He said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bless your faith, your step of faith, to go and to do this." I'm going to bless it in abundance and it's going to meet the need. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what was needed. Now, in my mind, Herbie, it was almost five grand over what we needed. Mm -hmm. Right. But the Lord knew what the need was going to be before any of us did. And so he, he basically, he worked it out for us ahead of time. He's pretty good CPA. (laughs) Uh, He had it accounted for, credited to their uh, account beforehand. And, uh, so I, I was just struck by that and enamored by it. I, I look at it now. You know, we're 15-plus years hence. I, I look at two kids who are uh, – both of them are in college, by the way. Uh, they are – they're both working towards uh, what's going to end up being for them some really um, – it's going to be a, a great career. Uh, assuming that they stick to what they're working on now, uh, they're going to be, and, and this is going to blow your mind because you don't even know this yet. Uh, but you know, they they come from the Ukraine, but their background is Western culture with a blue collar family. <laughs> Both of these kids are in advanced technology programs, and they're going to be working with their hands, mm. and they're going to be working with metal. Mm. And so they're falling right into line with their own earthly father, the way that he has raised them and what they've been around for all of their formative years. Uh, they are incredibly well-adjusted. Uh, they are smart. They are proficient with the English language. They don't have any discernible issues of any kind that we can see. They are faithful, They are in church. They have been raised right. Uh, I just can't thank the Lord enough for what he's done. And these are going to be productive citizens uh, who are going to carry on the work of the ministry. Uh, I I just am blown away by it.
3: And I
0: I love the way, like you said, the Lord, what we thought was abundance. He gave them exactly what they needed. So even while we were sleeping and they were getting this referral, they didn't have to hesitate. Like, where's this money going to come from? The money was already in the bank and the Lord prepared them. And that's how gracious God is. And so, Josh, just even as we close, kind of come down, you know, what is some practical advice that you would give other families that listen to this story? Because really what we want to encourage families to have is faith like at times Craig and I were struggling with, with this family, but we also want to be pragmatic. So what are some pragmatic things, some, some true practical advice you would give families in raising money for their adoption?
1: Yeah, that's great. Thank you um, for your, that story, Craig, and just that encouragement because I, I do think a lot of families find themselves in a place where the, the body of Christ is surrounding them and helping them move forward uh, financially and other ways of carrying through prayer and, uh, other types of support, but I think one of the things I'd like to point to is just our ebook um, that that lays out lots of things that are helpful for families. But really, three three key components I believe, and one of them is um, it's three R's: reduce and raise and request. And um, and we say reduce, and we think about that. We we're talking about what in your life, and possibly you know there may not be anything, but what can you look at and evaluate in your life today. Where you could potentially cut back or limit expenses during your time, where your family could be able to put a little extra money a month, even if it's small amounts of money, we believe that's important. Even if it's a hundred dollars a month, even if it's two hundred and fifty dollars a month, or or more for some families, but even if it's a small amount of money, we we think it's really important to start this process of adoption with uh, sacrificing or cutting back some of the extras in our lives. I know. Um, some families have cut off cable. I know some families have stopped drinking uh, Cokes and coffees and things and and only drink water. Those may sound like small things. And in the big picture of a $30,000 adoption, financially, it is a small thing, but what it does is set your heart. It sets your mind in a place of, we're going to do this together. And we're going to move forward with first starting with my own budget and looking at that first. Then the second thing, uh, we talk about his raise and, and we say raise and we mean um, that your community around you is really important, um, that the body of Christ is really important. And I have a friend that um, does uh, fundraisers with T-shirts and he he's at uh, a, an organization called Fund the Nations, who's one of our partners. And he talks about that this is bigger than a T-shirt. It's not about selling a T-shirt and raising $500. It's about building a community, a body of Christ around you. As you're doing that, you're also raising some money, but you're building a body of Christ around around you. Um, I always tell people one practical thing I tell people to do is do a yard sale. But don't think about the $200 yard sale that you do on that, you know, Saturday of, of April every year. Think about ways to get your church involved, your whole neighborhood. We've had families, which I love this idea, they go door to door in their neighborhood and say, And this is a good time to do it. Hey, next spring, we want to have a big yard sale. We want to have that for our uh, adoption. And we would love for y'all to know that ahead of time. We're going to go ahead and try to set a date. And we want our whole neighborhood to do a yard sale that contributes to bring children into our neighborhood and that's just such a cool idea and such a cool picture of of the body of christ and the churches and people getting involved so finding ways to raise so reduce your expenses raise and then find some ways to request which we believe is a huge part of um, funding your adoption which is uh, matching grants because there's matching grants out there if you'll um, raise some funds and then get a matching grant that will match that with you a group like life song for orphans who we partner with, gives between three and $5,000 matching grants, direct grants, which are organizations like Show Hope or um, JSC Foundation, a child's weight foundation, and some of these that give directly to the agency in on behalf of the family, and then adoption loans like ABBA Fund and uh, some of these other organizations that do a great job of helping families through the end of that process when they need some of that financial funding. So uh, reduce And raise and request are three practical things that we like to tell people. If you go to our website and go to lifelinechild.org slash fund your adoption, you'll be able to see that ebook. You'll be able to download that. Another way to do that is through our pre-application. We ask every family that's interested in adoption to go ahead and go to our website and fill out our pre-application. Because what that does is give us some good information on you. But it gets you a phone call set up about your adoption just to answer your question, no obligation takes less than five minutes to fill out this little pre application, but it also gets you resources. It gets you a free ebook. It gets you some resources on how to make choices about your adoption, lets you know what countries are out there and those kind of things. So we really encourage people to think about go to lifelinechildorg slash fund your adoption, or go to our website and fill out our pre application. And both of those ways you'll get the ebook on how to fund your adoption.
0: So I would, Encourage, again, families, especially as you are uh, feeling the call from the Lord to adopt, uh, to have pragmatic faith that you you take some of these steps, download this ebook, uh, start looking for ways that you can reduce and raise and uh, request, but also know that ultimately, if the Lord has called you to this, He will equip you for this. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, uh, no matter how short your resources might be, If you will do the things that we see, but also uh, place your faith abundantly in Christ, he will get you through this and he will supply those that he calls. So thank you so much, Craig and Josh for coming on here and encouraging us both with the pragmatic side as well as the faith side. And always know that we're here to help families, both support other families who are adopting, but also to support those families who need resources to adopt and always, Go to lifelinechild.org and then fund your adoption to get more information. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com